Coming up next on Chapters, we'll have a conversation with a courageous woman who has transformed the tragic loss of her son into a living memorial which will help countless people for years to come. Barbara Gilmeister of Gillies House in Rentham, Massachusetts is here to speak with us today about the opening of the house and exciting plans for the future. All that and much more coming up next on Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we have some very exciting news. In studio with us today to share that news is Barbara Gilmeister. Welcome, Barbara. Hi, Jim. I'm glad to be here. So, Barbara, could you tell us a little bit about Gilly's House and what it will be bringing to the area? So Gilly's House is going to be a sober recovery home for young men. Uh, and I, when I say young men, uh, preferably young men under 30 years old who are committed to their recovery and want to be able to live independently and successfully in, in society. And, and what's so incredibly exciting about this, Barbara, is just the fact that we're bringing more beds for treatment into this area is, is unbelievable enough. That's an exciting story enough. But when we go to the backstory of how this got started, uh, that's where the traction really starts, because this is really about a communal event. This impacts so many people. So could we start out uh, by speaking about your son, Stephen Gilly Gilmeister, and the inspiration behind Gilly's house? So uh, Stephen was a, a very generous person. He loved to help people. He struggled for many, many years with his addictions. And he had gone to a number of different places for recovery. He had been out to California a couple times. He, uh, at one point, was in a sober house in Portland, Maine. It was one place where he felt comfortable and at home and that there was actually a program going on that he could be part of. And he felt successful there. It was unfortunate that he made a decision to leave too soon. But while he was there, he really felt good about himself. And Stephen passed away about uh, not quite a year and a half ago. And when we were trying to do something positive to come out of this horrific event, we decided that a sober home in his name would be something that is very much needed. And he would think it was a great idea. And he would love the fact that it was going to help so many people. And it's having his name on it as Gilly's house. Right. And, and you know, Barbara, um, knowing you and having uh, witnessed this this process unfold, this is, this is really an incredible story of perseverance, courage, and honor, the honor of your son's legacy, who was a a delightful young man who, um, since this project's been going, we've, we've shared more stories. You've shared more stories. His friends have shared stories of how he was helping people that were looking for recovery. He had an incredible smile. Anybody that wants to see it, all they need to do is go to gillieshouse.com. That's G-I-L-L-Y-S house.com. Take a look at the uh, website and you're going to get not only a beautiful picture of Stephen, but you're also going to get to see the house, which will become Gilly's house, the brand new sober home. So Gilly died of, a, of an opioid overdose, an event like that, losing a child, tragic, tragic circumstances. And we met shortly thereafter. And uh, 
Can you take us through the decision process on on you were you were searching for what you might be able to do with some memorial funds that had been donated to the Safe Coalition on Gilly's behalf? How did you get to the point of opening a sober house? Money was donated to the Safe Coalition in Stephen's name, <clears throat> and we were asked what we would like to do, you know, where we would like that money to be earmarked. And I have to say, uh, and I've said this many times when I've spoken, that you never know what some small act of kindness, what that can lead to and, and what that can become. And sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know. But but this has led to a group of us meeting and trying sort of brainstorming about different ideas. And nothing was really hitting me at the time. And then somebody mentioned Sober House at the meeting. And somehow that just really hit me because it was a place that Stephen really loved being in Portland, Maine. And he really loved being at, at Skip's up there. And it really meant a lot to him and the camaraderie and the people that he met there um, really stuck with him. So right. that really um, that really resounded with us, with my husband and I, and uh, then we have taken it on from there. Boy, it's taken on an incredible life with your dedication. Um, I want to remind people, we're speaking with Barbara Gilmeister. Barbara Gilmeister is uh, Steve Gilmeister's mom. Steve uh, tragically passed away last year from a heroin overdose. And uh, the Gilmeisters have done something absolutely incredible, and that is they have taken his legacy and have made this dream uh possible, which is a sober home located in the Sheldonville portion of Rentham. Uh, They're due to uh, close on that shortly and open this spring of 2018. And it's a very, very exciting project. Barbara, um, you know, one of the things that that amazed me is your energy and creativity. And, um, you know, you certainly were grieving through this and still are grieving Stephen's loss. That will be a, a lifelong process for you. But through your tears, through your grief, you were able to see that the bigger picture. And to me, that's a quality that not many people have. And when I mention your name, it's the number one quality that people talk about. It's something more than courage. It's uh, a dead 36,000 foot view that says, I'm hurting right now, but for the long run, I want to do something that's sustainable that will be here, that will make a mark, and most importantly, will help people. Um, is that pretty much sum up how you feel? It does. I, I don't feel that I'm particularly special. I feel as though I'm doing what I think I need to be doing. You're right. And uh, we really, it certainly is helping with the grieving process. And honestly, I probably cry every single day about Stephen. And and there are things that happen that, you know, hit me in different ways that that are upsetting to me. But on the other hand, the people that I have met, and and I'll just back up one minute to say, you know, the stigma of addiction has pushed so many parents into darkness and and into isolation as much as their children were in darkness and isolation, that it was very difficult 
to talk to anybody about and you almost never knew anybody else. Since this, since this has happened, I have met so many other families who have lost children and so many people who are not afraid to talk about their own recovery or their children's recovery. We have met the most amazing, amazing people and they're all creative and they have great ideas and they all, uh, um, you know, want to be part of something positive and they're not afraid to talk about their children's addictions or things that have gone on or, you know, the craziness that it brings to people's families. And, and that has helped a tremendous amount in being able to make connections with people on that level. Right. And I know people will argue, we won't argue about whether or not you're that you're that incredible person that I talked about because you are. Um, this would never have happened um, without, uh, obviously, without your efforts and without Stephen's inspiration. But um, it's really been something to watch. That said, you now have a board of directors. You are an incorporated 501c3 nonprofit, right? We are, yes. Yeah. Very yeah. exciting that when we received the letter from right. the IRS. Right. So you've got a you've got a full uh, operating board of directors. You have regular meetings. Um, and I kind of want to roll the clock back a little bit and talk, because you're bringing up the communal aspect of this. Uh, I want to talk, uh, before we get into the communal aspect, about Gilly's House itself and what the plan is, what the vision is for treatment. Um, you're going to have 22 male beds, is that correct? We are. Okay. Can you talk to me about the treatment modality that, that and what a sober home is and what Gilly's is going to offer? Okay. So a sober home is really a place that people when they come there, should plan on staying long-term. And when I say long-term, I mean at least a year. You can't overcome an addiction in 72 hours. You can't overcome an addiction in in a month or two. And if we think about our own habits and things that we're trying to change, either dieting or just something that you'd like to change about your life, and you think about how hard that is to change that if you've been doing it for years. So Gilly's House, to begin with, is for long-term recovery. We are, yes, we'll have, when we're full, we'll have up to 22 residents. Our plan is to start out slowly and uh, have perhaps five young men uh, enter Gilly's house the first month, and then we will slowly stagger new admissions every month so that we can really do things properly and, and in a very organized manner. The thing that I think will set Gilly's house apart from other sober homes will be that we're going to offer a vast uh, transitional life skills program for young men. Most young men have been busy with their substance abuse, and because that's all they really think about, they haven't really learned the skills that they need to be able to survive independently. So even if they could get control of their sobriety, once they got out to live in an apartment, they don't have any skills to be able to know what to do, to even cook a meal more than a frozen, you know, Stouffer's macaroni and cheese. Or write a check or a checkbook or any of those things. So 
we plan to have a whole list of a whole curriculum, if you will, of programming, everything from learning about stress reduction, things that set when you become stressed, it's a chance for you to relapse again if you don't get a handle on what's causing your stress. So some of those things are, for example, finance. I know my son got a job, and as soon as you get a job, you start getting credit cards from companies. So he started buying a lot of things. And then you start getting phone calls from credit card companies saying, where's the payment? And and they keep calling. So we're going to help, you know, guys who come and maybe their credit's already messed up. We're going to help work that out. Yeah. We're going to work on, yeah, how how does a checking account work? And and how do you even begin to get one? Uh, we're going to have people come in and teach cooking lessons so that you don't have to become Emeril Lagasse, but, <laughs> but you know, being able to more than just nuke hurt. a frozen yeah. TV sure. dinner would be nice. Sure. So we have people coming in to do that. We have art therapists. We have yoga people. Uh, we are we have connections with the Hockamock Y to be able to do some programming with them. We're gonna have people come in and talk about healthy lifestyles and and just healthy living from a medical perspective. And I know you're also working with area employers as well, to and, and bringing in people for uh, resume building and and so that when they are ready to transition out into the world uh, and get jobs, um, that they're in in a position to do so. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Resume writing how to dress and be properly dressed for an interview and what you should expect and how to talk in an interview. Sure. You know, I think a lot of people, anybody out there listening that may be wondering why someone would need this, when you're suffering from substance use disorder, you, you stop... In, uh, you kind of stunt your growth. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say kind of. You do stunt your growth relative to these types of things because uh, you are in, a, in an impaired state for a, an extended period of time. You're focused on either maintaining uh, your uh, addiction uh, or uh, trying to get better or detoxing or in and out. But the last thing you're doing is remembering to eat well or remembering uh, stress reduction techniques or, or writing checks or maintaining a, a checking account. So you, you can see young men and women in their 30s oftentimes come out with none of these skills. And what Gilly's House and, and the differentiator here is that Barbara has seen all of this firsthand. She's seen the sober home community firsthand through Gilly. And uh, she's looking to not that the other the, there's plenty of good there's a lot of good sober homes out there we we will both agree on that right, right? absolutely but you're taking this to a new level to a new level to a new level with with uh, fire and passion so uh, you know it's it's really it's really inspiring to ha- to have this going on. Um, we, we talk about activities. Uh, you'll also offer some off-site social opportunities, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You know, you learn. You need to learn how to have fun in your sobriety. So it's not all about, although, you know, AA is definitely going to be an important component of the house, mm-hmm. you need to be able to go out and go to, to an event and be able to have a good time and, and be able to do that in a sober way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll be looking in the springtime to maybe go to Paw Sox games or or, you know, have a bowling night sure. or, you know, any kinds of fun activities. Listen, they're young guys. They want to have a good time. Right, so. right. I want to remind everybody, we are speaking with 
Barbara Gilmeister. Barbara Gilmeister is the CEO and founder of Gilly's House. Gilly's House is a brand new sober home, 22 beds going in in the Sheldonville area of Rentham, Massachusetts. My name's Jim Derrick. The show is Chapters. We're on 102.9 WFPR in Franklin. You can also find us on my podcast, which is chaptersradio.com. Right now we're talking about Gilly's House and it's anticipated opening this spring, which is just so exciting. Um, So we were just talking about the fact that Gilly's really has some major differentiators relative to programming and what you'll have going on. Uh, Will it be a 12-step based program? It definitely will be. Absolutely. The the, uh, young men will go out to programming. We'll have programming coming into the house. We'll have speakers. We have uh, groups that are ready to make commitments to the house. So it definitely... That will be an important component. A couple of practical issues, Barbara, um, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, one is people will say, Sheldonville, well, how is how are people going to get around if a lot of these folks don't have cars? or, or So what is the plan for that? Do you have a plan for that? So it is a very serene country setting. Beautiful. Uh, we're on two acres of land and have kind of ideas of plans for that. But uh, so there are definitely some options. Uh, Dial-A-Ride is available and rent them. Uh, Uber is available. I've had people offer to be volunteer drivers. Certainly it is possible for a resident to have a car with all the proper everything in order, could have a car. And uh, and our plan is to have a van as well. Mm -hmm. So There'll be plenty of ways for people to be able to, We're not that far away from the outlets or downtown Franklin. Sure. It's not that far away. Now, uh, the property, Barbara, is an old nursing home, correct? correct. That's no, obviously mm-hmm. no longer functioning as a nursing home. Um, so there are some significant renovations that you have undergoing, you're going to be undergoing in the next coming weeks. So we're putting in, it has an old industrial kitchen. Mm-hmm. In, in a sober home, it's important if you're learning life skills that you need to be doing your own cooking. Mm-hmm. So we are tearing out that kitchen and putting in a brand new residential kitchen. It will have kind of two sets of everything so that there's enough room for all the guys to, mm-hmm. to be able to be cooking. Uh, we also need a new septic system that's going to be put in. Not inexpensive. <clears throat> Not at all, the size of that. Yep. And uh, and the hole inside is going to be all freshly painted. Yep. We've purchased all new lighting fixtures. I want the guys, when they come in there, they have such low self-esteem and are so much, feel so bad about themselves. Right. I want them to come in there and be... Uh, and feel so wonderful to be able to be part of this. Uh, I want them to just think that, wow, somebody really thinks I matter because some of these guys have lost their their families, their friends, and they have no one, and this is going to be their family. So I want them to come in and just feel safe and secure and loved. And, you know, that... That in and of itself is an enormous thing. Um, having some experience in this field, um, that low self-esteem uh, can be reinforced if you are in a place that is substandard. The, the inverse is also true, and that's what you just described. When you walk into a nice place that's well kept up, first of all, it sets the expectations that you will yourself keep the place up because exactly. this is what we do here and rising tides raise all ships but 
secondarily, and you're absolutely right, it's that notion that I'm worth this. I'm worth something. And what a, what a great thing. Um, we are talking about, uh, I want people to understand, we're talking about a family that stepped forward, the Gilmeisters, had this vision in a time when we desperately need beds, desperately need beds. Uh, and when I say beds, I mean spots for people that are trying to recover from the nation's number one health epidemic and the state's number one health epidemic. We are grossly underfunded, grossly uh, under-equipped, uh, in our in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and frankly in our country to deal with this issue, um, insurance doesn't cover it. Uh, any rehab, uh, it's just inadequate insurance. And again, this is a, a disease that's killed over 2,100 people in Massachusetts uh, last year, over 60,000 people nationally. So we have a family that has stepped up to the plate and put their own necks in the line financially. But there's limits to that. There's limits. You don't have, you're relying on the community to, uh, this is a communal effort to get this off the ground, both financially as well as with donations in kind. Is that right? Absolutely. The response that we've had since we did have an article come out in the local newspaper about now almost two weeks ago, the response has been, I, I'm completely overwhelmed. Yeah. The responses that I've received from people are everything from, I'd love to just come and pick up a paintbrush yep. to uh, someone, uh, the recovery community has come out. I've had so many people say, I'm in recovery and I'd like to help. I've had a, a carpenter say, I'd like to teach what, whatever guys, whoever's interested in learning about carpentry, I'd love to teach some carpentry classes right. and teach them all how to use tools. I've had p- finance people, a number of them, probably half a dozen finance people want to come and teach classes about finance. I've had uh People who teach career ed kinds of classes want to come and talk about interviews and resumes and and looking ahead from from a career perspective about the, your life. Yeah. Uh, just an amazing people who want to teach cooking. It's just overwhelming. Lots of people to do landscaping. I was just going to ask you about the contractors <laughs> that have offered donations in kind. You've been you've been pretty flooded with with opportunities haven't you we we have it is amazing i had a a plumber just two days ago say to me um you know i'm in recovery i would love to do some work on the house and so i said okay great i have a, a like a janitor's closet that i'd like to make into a laundry room so i think that'd be a perfect project sure. so uh I was sharing with Barbara before the show how, um, and I asked her to come on today, um, I am uh, personally impacted by this issue in substance use disorder. And so I was sharing with her that how healing it would be for me to, if she would have me, to volunteer to paint a room um, or to pull weeds in a garden or do something physical for this beautiful piece of property. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's right on Route 121 as you head through Sheldonville. It's it's on the right as you head towards uh, Cumberland, Rhode Island. It is absolutely gorgeous. Big yellow building, big pillars. It's it's really grand looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it's, it's a bucolic setting. And it's very, very therapeutic for people that are in recovery, as Barbara mentioned, for parents of those that have been impacted, um, for Citizens in the community just want to be part of this project, part of the stamp that says that the town of Rentham, the Gilmeister family, 
all those, the board of directors, all the businesses that are associated with them have said, we are committed to this project. We want to be part of the solution, part of the solution to the number one health epidemic that our state faces. And um, so, Barbara, you know, I personally can't thank you enough for your commitment. I remember, and I also want people to understand one other thing. This is not something that's just been willy-nilly put together. Barbara came to me with a business plan, only came to me because she was hoping that I'd take a look at it and share it with potential sponsors, share the idea with potential sponsors. This is an extremely well-thought-out project, not just from the location, not just the real estate, financially. Uh, the Gilmeister, Barbara Gilmeister has incredible business acumen, and when she put together this business plan, there wasn't much that was left undone, and she's had professionals look at this from all different angles. We have a commitment from a bank, mm-hmm, we uh, do. which don't come easily. It does not. Uh, so I want people to know that um, when you do donate, and this is the ask, when you do donate to Gilly's House, um, your money is very, very well spent. Um, it is a tight ship, and you're giving it to an organization that, that you'll be proud to give it to. Barbara, can you talk to us a little bit about fundraising moving forward? Because I can't imagine that the cost of of, of a bed that the patients will be or the residents will be paying uh, will subsidize the entire thing. So will you need uh, additional funding? We definitely will need additional funding. We have, as I said, we've had a lot of manpower. Uh, people have donated. We have been um, blessed with many donations. However, as Jim said, there is nothing that pays for this other than the residents themselves. And there is no government money that helps to pay for long-term recovery. No insurance. Uh, There's no insurance whatsoever. And so one of the things that we want to to make a very important um, fundraiser for has to do with helping to subsidize beds. So the gentlemen who come to live there will be paying what's called a weekly program fee. And it's not unusual if somebody comes and perhaps their family, you know, they don't have uh, very good connections with them anymore, that they don't really have 10 cents to their name. And if they've come out of residential treatment, perhaps they don't have a job yet and they need to have money to put down. And frankly, the program weekly program fees is based on what the needs are of the house financially. Uh, I will say my husband and I are not taking salaries from this. It is a nonprofit. So it's, it's really what the costs are for the house. So um, we actually even this morning, my husband and I were talking about perhaps doing, I don't know what the format of it is, but during the summer, having something that is strictly a fundraiser to help subsidize um, the cost of beds for young men. And, and this is the thing. Um, what, a, what a powerful thing. So when you're talking about a program free fee, you're talking about more or less a sliding scale for someone based on what they come in with. Right. And, and, and there's a certain set program fee fee, which is less than the amount that you actually need to operate the building per person. Right. 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 And so uh, the idea is that you'd be hopefully developing a scholarship fund, uh, for lack of a better word, a fund to help subsidize these beds. Um, And I want to talk to you a little bit about the difference between a sober halfway house and what the rates are normally in these types of things in a bit. But I want to highlight the fact that this is a perfect opportunity for the business community to step forward and to and to say, I'm going to sponsor one bed at Gilly's house. We've got mm-hmm. 22 beds, okay? So 
I'm going to sponsor a bed for a year at Gilly's house. Exactly. Um, and what an opportunity uh, for for the whole community to come together behind you. Barbara, um, there's a couple of things that you've done that I want people to know about beyond your business acumen, your incredible planning, the way you set up the 501c3, the way this thing's structured with a board of directors. You've gone in and gone to uh, MASH, which is the Mass Association for Sober Housing Certification uh, Body, and you've actually taken courses there. Can you talk to us a little bit about your your process and your thinking behind that? So uh, MASH is the only uh, organization in Massachusetts that gives any kind of certification to sober homes. It is a voluntary certification, so sober homes do not need to get that at all. Uh, I have taken the, the courses. It's a courses that you take annually and you learn what some of the what their standards are and and they look at a lot of safety kinds of issues to make sure that they do come and do an inspection before we will do our application shortly and they you do have to have the coursework in order to get the certification uh, they will come and do an inspection and make sure that you have all the the proper uh, smoke detectors, fire extinguishers, that kind of thing. But they also look at things like you can't overcrowd your spaces and, and they you need to have so much square footage per resident in a bedroom. And, and, and those are good things because then it stops places from overcrowding and just being a place that they want to make revenue some money. generators. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. You didn't have to do this. You were so proactive. You went to that months ago. Uh, yeah. Months ago. It might, might have been six months ago. So um, I just wanted to add that in because it's another, you know, you you are striving for excellence here and you won't accept anything less. And I've watched you through this process and, and I want people to appreciate that. Um, if we could roll back a little bit, just for those that aren't initiated, um, can you talk to us about the difference between a sober home, residential treatment, halfway house, that type of thing. Can you break down some of that nomenclature? I, uh, people generally go to detox first, mm-hmm. and that's really just a chance that lasts for anywhere from a few days or 24 hours, I suppose, to six or seven days. Again, it depends on your insurance. right? And that's just a chance for people to really get the poisons that they've put in their body to start to get rid of them. Right. Uh, it doesn't do anything for moving on in life other than it's the very, very first step. It's no counseling or anything <laughs> right. to start grounding right. them. Yeah. Then from there, people usually go into a residential treatment center, mm-hmm. otherwise also called a halfway house. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a location that people can stay in three to six or nine months. Again, it depends on your insurance. And uh, it's a time for people to do a lot of soul searching and a lot of counseling and a lot of meetings. And and there's usually good residential treatment centers have a specific schedule of when you get up and you have breakfast and this is when the morning meeting is. And, right. and that's what that programming is all about and then when you're finished there then it's time that to move on to a sober house right so a sober house is where you're going to as you said earlier reintegrate with society reintegrate with yourself start learning about skills and how to get back out into society um, and get a job right the people will be working when they're with you they will need to have a job 
go to school, do community service, any combination of the above, but they're going to need to be busy at least 30 hours a week in those kinds of activities. The house itself will do community service to lots of people are coming to us to do community service. So I feel as though we need to pay that forward Mm -hmm. and we need to do community service within our own area as well. And the guys will go and do those kinds of things as well. Now, are are meals provided or or do uh, they cook their own meals? So they are going to cook their own meals. We will get food from the Boston Food Bank. And uh, I'd like to think that on Sundays we do Sunday meals together. And uh, so we'll look towards maybe some restaurants who sure. would like to donate food for Sunday, How Sunday afternoon meals together. And in the spring and summer, what a beautiful yeah, setting. It's going to be great. If, oh my gosh. And uh, uh, before we move on, I just want to remind people we are speaking with Barbara Gilmeister. Barbara Gilmeister is the CEO and uh, chairman of the. Uh, Sorry, CEO and chairman of Gilly's House, which is a nonprofit, 501c3. Gilly uh, is Stephen Gilmeister, Stephen Gilly Gilmeister, Barbara's son, who tragically died of an overdose uh, about a year ago. But at this point, um, Gilly's memory is alive and well and, and flourishing at Gilly's House. There's a really uh, neat story that I'd love for you to reshare, Barbara, that you tell of... Um, the incredible significance and the incredible alignment of the stars that that actually had this particular mm-hmm. piece of property in Rentham uh, came available. And, and it's just a great story. Would you mind telling it? After we got involved with this particular property and clearly we were going to be purchasing it and, and you know, had gotten into all that paperwork. Uh, a friend of Stevens came to me who uh, lived in Rentham as he was growing up, came to me and, and uh, he lived north of Gilly's house and we lived south of Gilly's house. And when they were kids, like 10 or 11 years old, the building's been vacant for quite a while. When they would walk from Kyle's house to our house, uh, Kyle said they they frequently would talk about the nursing home and they would walk by and they would say, you know, if we had all the money in the world, you know, these are 10 year old kids, 11 year old <laughs> kids. If we had all the money in the world, what would we make this house into? What would we make this building into? And and Kyle told me that story after we were well already involved in, in the purchase here. And I just feel like, you know. That meant that this really had to happen. It's an amazing story. Uh, and you can see two kids walking by this property and gazing up at it because it's grand. Right. It's a yellow right. building, and it's it's very, very nice looking. But I can imagine the kids walking by there and saying, boy, that's something. If we ever got our hands on right. that, what a place right. it would be. Yeah. And, and and it has come full circle. It's, it's awesome. So, Barbara, um, in terms of the community, uh, how do you feel about how have people reacted to this news and to this project? The response has really been phenomenal. Uh, and as I've said earlier, I have had lots of people uh, volunteer to do all kinds of things at the house. I have uh, a group from uh KP, KP Cares, which is their community service group, who's uh, already put in place that they're going to come and do a day uh, of volunteering. They'll probably do more than a day, but right now uh, that's where we're at. I have a group from Mount St. Charles who are going to come. My gosh, that's that's my son. (laughs) My son is actually in that group, I believe. 
great. You Wonderful. just reminded me of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually have a group from uh, Dell EMC yeah. who are coming at the end of February. Yeah. So we're going to do a Dell EMC day at the house. And uh, so I'm looking to do more groups. I have had the uh, Rentham Lions Club has been fabulous. The Norfolk Lions Club has been wonderful. So all these groups have really put themselves out there and, and have come to me and said, we want to do something and we want to help. And and the feeling of community is, is real, truly amazing. And it's one big circle um, because... <laughs> You know what you've set off here, and and you might not have known this at the beginning what what was going to happen, but what you have set off is a chain reaction of support. Um, here you came in at your darkest moment and courageously said, "We're here to put to try to put something into motion." You launched this Gillies House, and the response has been nothing short of amazing because people are in search of a way to heal as a community, as individuals that are in recovery, as parents that have been impacted, as teachers and police officers and all these civic organizations that have known people that have gone through uh, substance use disorder. So you set this chain reaction off, which literally has come full circle, Barbara, and it is truly, truly heartening and amazing. Couldn't have been done without you. This show is about uh, stories, and this is one of the most compelling stories that I can remember, certainly since this show started, but maybe in a long, long time in my lifetime. The word local hero comes to mind, and um, and I think that uh, I would offer that to moniker to you and to your family and to Stephen. And for anybody that wants to see uh, Gilly's House online, please go to www.gillyshouse.com. That's G-I-L-L-Y-S dot com. Take a look at the website. Uh, take a look at the articles that have been written on it. You'll see a picture of the property. There's a donate tag. Make sure you get over to Facebook, like Gilly's House. And on Facebook, you can find Gilly's House at G-I-L-L-Y apostrophe S House Inc. You will have some fundraising events coming up. We'll have some fun events coming up. We will. We will. We're in the planning stages, but we definitely have some uh, events that are coming up in the future. I can only imagine what the day is going to be like when that those doors open for you personally. I know what it's going to be for like for the community. I know they're going to get a ton of tears of joy shed. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, Stephen uh, has set something off here that, um, that we never could have imagined. I'm sure you could have never imagined. Not at all. So uh, I'm very proud to know you. Barbara, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. All so right. Much. So for Barbara Gilmeister and all the folks at Gilly's House, my name's Jim Derrick. Thanks for listening to Chapters.